So there I was at Plantworks, minding my own business and watching some attachments being put through their paces on the auger talk stand. A young guy comes up to me and we get to talking. A few minutes later he's picking my brains about social media while I'm picking his brains about attachments. He's a nice guy, very enthusiastic, very passionate. We get on well. Well, turns out that young guy was William Forrest, the head of what is now the attachment company. So, having got on well during our chance encounter, I thought it was high time that we did something a bit more formal together. And that is how this episode came together. So I started by asking William how he came to be in the attachments business in the first place. So my parents have been involved in plant for ever, to be honest, as long as I've been around. Um, they've had various businesses sort of related to that. They'd, had, they'd done civil engineering, they'd done tyres, commercial tyres, and then they'd done plant hire. So I was always around the industry. It's kind of what's what I've been around forever, to be honest. Um, and that's where the Moose Valley name came from. They, their Moose Valley plant, or the where, should I say, we'll get to why I say where in a minute. Um, they were Moose Valley plant. And from as long as, as young as I could work, I kind of worked there in between school and then in between college and university. And then when I left there, I just, when I left university, I just ultimately never done anything else other than go to work for and work with my parents. Um, and that was, when did I leave uni? 2014, I think. As I say, worked there sort of ever since. While you're working there, as you do, kind of looking for something of my own a bit more to do, and that's where the attachments came in. And then I started that. I've noted some dates here, so I'm just looking at the dates as I'm talking. Um, I started my own limited company in 2014. At that time, the easy way to call the name, it was Moose Valley Plant, and then my company was Moose Valley Equipment. Made perfect sense at the time, and that's the name that done us right up to the start of September this year. And then at that point, there was a few changes in our personal life and then my mother, my mother and father's work life. They were looking to get out of the plant hire business. At the start of this year, I left the plant hire business to focus on my business full time with my fiance Laura. Um, and then it just kind of made sense then that we detach our name from the plant hire. As I say, my mother and father were looking to retire. They weren't going to be part of Moose Valley Plant anymore. So that's what spurred the name change in the UK. And then I know we're going to come to that, but we already had the attachment company name sort of up and running for our US operation. So my brother, um, he's been there a number of years now. We already had that name going, so it made sense that we take our UK name, make it the same as a US, become the attachment company, and as I say, yeah, make it basically the UK branch of our UK-US operation, if you like. So that's kind of the condensed version of how we came to the name change. So looking at, at your part of the business, you know, the, the bit that isn't in the States, what is the product range that you offer and, and what territory do you cover? Are, are you specifically Scotland or are you nationwide? or Where, where do you see yourselves? Um, so we started off, and I need to give – a massive shout out to Augur Talk. I know you've done a bit of work with them. Um, if it wasn't for them and for them giving us the opportunity, we probably wouldn't be here just now, probably wouldn't have the business and probably wouldn't be having this discussion. Um, it was a kind of chance, not even a meeting, a chance phone call at the time. As I say, I was looking to do something a little bit different. 
I thought attachment higher would be the avenue for that. Um, and that's when I spoke to Augur Talk, just to be honest, to try and get some details on buying some pieces of equipment to hire. And then I, I don't know if I get confused in the conversation or they did, but they sent over dealer price lists. And then one thing led to another. I was like, mm, I wonder if we can do something there. My background, as I mentioned, I went to uni, was web development. So, well, let's make a website. Let's put them on. Let's see if we can get any any traction that way. And one thing's led to another, and we're at where we're at today. Um, so as for our product range, that's really where it started, the Augur Torque range of products. And we have that throughout the UK. We send pretty much anywhere in the country. And then, of course, we also send, that's what started off the US as well, was, was their products. So that's our core range. And then along the way, we've started to add in other brands. We recently started working with Cymex, with Ecotech, who's a kind of small tree shear manufacturer in Ireland. GB Breakers, a Korean breaker brand, as I say, just adding on some product ranges that we don't already have and some brands we don't carry just to broaden out our product offering. What are your best sellers then? And are, do you have any hidden gems in, in your product line? I, I found it interesting the fact that you mentioned Cymex. I've done some work with Cymex over the past couple of years and they've got some very, very sexy products up their sleeve that I don't think everybody knows about. Um, they do, yeah. Um, and as I say, that's a fairly new partnership for us. We haven't, that's been since Plantworks probably, that we've, we have been working with them. So, yeah, they've got some some real nice products, some of their crusher buckets, the screener, the screener buckets we've been trying to do quite a bit on um, in our market as well. As I say, I need to give a shout out to our Augur Talk range. And as I say, well, our best seller, as you asked, was some of the Augur Talk products or Augur packages sort of, Going real specific, the X2500, your run-of-the-mill auger package, drive, cradle, auger to suit sort of ton-and-a-half, three-ton machines. That's by far our best seller. But then, as I say, it is just trying to add in some of the other sort of maybe more specialised, but adding in some other product categories as well. I mentioned there Ecotech is a tree shear brand that we've been working with. I know it's outside of your normal attachments, Mark, but... Um, it's a brand that we've been working with, as I say, they're in Northern Ireland, designed, engineered, assembled by Gary Hall, who's, as I say, the man behind the brand, the man behind engineered them, designed them, and it is a real, real good piece of kit. It's something that's kind of hard to understand the quality that's went into it, unless you're standing in front of it. So that's a kind of lesser known name, but um, one that's maybe kind of hidden gem as well in the product range. Yeah, I, I mean, I, obviously, I, mean, I come from a demolition background or, or demolition attachment background, but, I mean, you're, you're up in Scotland and, and Northern Ireland. Both of those are agricultural and forestry heavy and that kind of thing. So you are going to have your specialist attachments for that sort of market anyway, aren't you? Of course. Yep. Yep. Um, and as I say, it's, for us, it's just a bit trying to offer a, a range to make sure we can cover pretty much everything in different sectors when you mention agriculture and forestry we were doing our only trade show last weekend at the scottish plowing championships so that's definitely a different market in a different sector and agriculture as opposed to what we normally do in construction or landscaping or that sort of thing 
I realise we're flitting about a bit, but you, you mentioned the fact that the, the attachment company in the US had been going for, for some time. So how did that come about? I, I mean, obviously you are a, of Scottish heritage. How did your brother end up in Scotland, in the US, running an attachment company? Yeah, so again, to try and give you detail, but also the condensed version, because I could be here forever telling this story. He well, He's five years younger than me, Andrew, and when he left... He done school and he done high school in Scotland, and that whole time he played football. He played for Motherwell, and it came to a point they had to make a decision: is he trying to pursue a professional football career in the UK, or should he look at kind of doing something else? And we've got family in the US. He was quite keen to try and move there, so he went and done. A, I hate saying the word, but a, a soccer scholarship in the US. So he went to Memphis. He'd done a scholarship playing football and doing mechanical engineering. So that's how he ended up there. So he'd done his four years there. And then again, shout out to Augertork and the Kinshofer group. He left uni with his engineering degree, was looking for a job. And I'm not going to say I got him the job, but I got him the introduction with, at the time, Augertork USA. Who He got the job there. as a sort of, it, was more a, it was kind of sales and engineering role. Then he moved on to Soulsby's, which was another Kinshofer Group company in Atlanta, Georgia. He moved there. He was there a couple of years. And then sort of in between times, as I say, we had family in the US. So we kind of started the attachment company name. We had the website. We're doing bits and pieces, but no real. We didn't really have any way of properly focusing on developing that market. So when Andrew went to get his visa to go and live there full time and work for Soulsby's, he was unsuccessful in doing that. So the next step was to then try and take the business further and use that to get his visa. So hence why he's there full time now. He's since moved to Denver, Colorado two years ago. And it's just went from strength to strength. We recently just moved into a new warehouse there last week. So we've went from 1,200 square feet to 3,500 square feet. And it's just about keeping building that up. So, yeah, that's really how we ended up with what has then became our name now in the UK, but that's kind of where it started in the US. And it just allows us to offer our product range in both countries and obviously gives us access to what is a huge market in the US. What I find interesting there is obviously – the name the attack the attachment company name is us first uk second but having yep. been to Conexpo for the past couple of sessions i know that the the uk and, and, and europe in general are pretty much leading the way i think the american market is still catching up on things like tilt rotators quick couplers and all that kind of thing so i obviously you speak to each other because you're brothers but do you are, are is he constantly picking your brains like what's going to be the next big thing um yeah just of course, we speak to each other anyway, as it is. But yeah, kind of the whole idea was: could we use our knowledge that we gained in the UK and apply that to the US? As you say, without wanting to downplay the US market, they're probably a little bit behind us in the UK, and we're probably quite a bit behind Scandinavia. And you mentioned tilt rotators and, and that sort of technology. So yeah, picking my brains and terms of the market of our experience i was obviously doing this 
a good number of years before we started doing it properly in the US. And I have, as I say, I'm older than he is, so I've probably a bit more business experience than him. I've just always been around the industry. So, yeah, just try to share that knowledge and share where our markets are going and how can we use both of our markets together to try and help the business and push the business forward. It does feel like the right time to be doing it. As we've just said, you know, attachments, tilt rotators, quick couplers, all of that. They really do seem to have come of age here in the UK at the very least in the past decade or so. Where do, where do we go from here? Are we just going to continue following the, um, the Scandinavian line or do you think we're, we're going to branch off and start to do our own thing? Um, if I could tell the future, it would be great, but I would suspect we're, we're going to continue following their market. It certainly appears to be the way to go with regards to tilt rotators and connected technology and telematics and, and that sort of thing. So I can't see any other way that that's not where we go, to be honest. Of course, the rates and the market and the return on investment and everything needs to be there to make that happen. But I think especially with, we're talking about labour shortages and people struggling to get operators and so on and so forth. I think making your machine more versatile, mm -hmm. making it do more stuff, making it do other tasks it wouldn't normally do, I think has to be the way forward. Are you still seeing, I mean, I, I always reference this whenever we talk about particularly tilt rotators and quick couplers. We, we Tilt rotators even more so, I think. You get this the division in the market. You get half the market saying they're the greatest thing since sliced bread and the other half saying uh, a proper operator wouldn't need one. Are you still seeing that or is that gradually going away? No, I mean, I grew up in plant hire, so I know both sides of the argument. Um, and my father would be the one that's saying, well, you don't get a return for it, so what's the point? And I think you definitely there's two schools of thought, but the more we see what tilt rotators can do and what a good operator can do with one, I think it's inevitable that has to be the way it goes. You've mentioned electronics and telematics. That's going to be my next question. Is that the future? Because, again, you know, plant hirers tend to like to buy them cheap and stack them high and that kind of thing. I can't honestly see too many of them wanting to pay extra for electronics and telematics, and yet every other aspect of the market does seem to be going down the electronic route. Is that where we're headed? I think electronics and connected technology in general has to be the way forward, whether plant hirers or whether consumers like it. I think that's just going to be the case. Um, I know you featured the other day on the Daily Show the cat app and the tracking of their hoses and that sort of thing. So even if it's something that seems as basic as that, up to full telematics, usage tracking, fuel consumption, everything, I, I, as I say, I can't see. That's the way everything's went when it goes to cars or anything else in our life. So I don't see any reason that's not the way our industry will go. You mentioned earlier on that you did your degree in web development, which kind of, I guess, kind of leads us down the road. Your latest venture is you, you fancy yourself as a bit of a, a social media star. I've been following your your uh, oh, weekly. No, I, I listen your weekly vlog. I, I wish more companies did it because it does give you a proper behind the scenes look at at what goes into you know your working week. I find it fascinating. But what prompted you to actually do it? Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, well, as I said, the start of this year, I went full-time at this business. So, one, I had extra time in my hands. So, 
I had to make use of that somehow. And to either have time or money, and we don't have unlimited money, but we we do then we did then at that time have extra time. So it was how do we make the best use of the extra time? And then ultimately, where is people's attention and where is the customer's attention? And it's online, it's in social media apps, it's in TikTok, it's on YouTube. So then how could we harness that? We don't have unlimited ad budget. So where is the organic um, growth and where is the organic viewers? And as you know, it's in TikTok, it's in YouTube. So that's where we tried to take make the most of that. And then that's progressed on. And now we try to do a weekly series, which when I started that idea, I was like, great, I'll just buy a camera, I'll record everything, and that's fine. But again, as you know, that's the easy part. Then having to get in and properly edit it and try and make what resembled a show out of it was the difficult part. So in the last week or two, we have taken on a full-time video editor. So hopefully that makes that a bit easier. He is overseas, but he is full-time. So we're very, very early stages of that, but hopefully that can increase the quality and increase the consistency of our output and ultimately get us in front of more people. Yeah, One of the things I find the most interesting about your weekly show is the fact that, whereas me, I mean, I, I am here five days a week without fail. I sit down, I'm comfy. You never stop. <laughs> I don't think I've actually seen you sat down yet. You just seem to be constantly on the hoof. Um, I mean, as I say, we're a small business, so you end up doing everything. I'm the one that takes most of the sales calls, and I'm the one that picks, packs, and ships every order that goes out of here. So it was just a case of trying to get the camera, trying to be cautious of, conscious even of trying to record as much as possible, and then, as I say, just somehow assemble that into something that made for half-decent viewing at the end of the week. Um, but, yeah, that's... Hopefully that was the whole idea was to try and show people what it takes to run a business this size. And as you say, it is just constantly on the go and you never know what's coming next. It's really hard to plan it out. I, I could take a phone call just now or in the middle of a job that you straight away have to change your focus and look at something else. And it's just keeping constantly keeping going, keeping going. But as I say, it's what I've always been used to. I grew up in a family that had their own business and worked in plant hire and that's I haven't known any different, so it's just try to take that and put it on camera now. I guess the final question is, where can viewers, listeners, and everybody else find out more? And I, I guess there's probably two answers to that. You, you, I, I'm assuming there's a website, but you, there's also the YouTube and the TikTok. Where, where is the best place to find you? Yeah, so if I was a professional at this, I would have wrote down all the social media handles, but um, our website, attachmentco.co.uk, if you want the UK version, attachmentco.com, if you want the US and then just any other social medias, if you search the attachment company on YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Threads, Twitter, what am I missing? LinkedIn, um, you'll find us on any one of them. And we're just, we're trying, as I say, the YouTube is very much the longer format, trying to do the weekly shows. TikTok, I talk about anything in our industry. We talk technology, we talk attachments, we talk specs, we talk prices, which I know can be a sore point for some people, but we talk prices. I don't have an issue doing that. So yeah, if you want to come see what we're up to, ask me any questions, you'll find me on any of those platforms.
Awesome stuff. Well, I'm going to keep following you anyway. <laughs>